Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. I tell you what, it is a rockin', solid, beautiful day down here at the beach. I was out there this morning, and I, I tell you what, it, it doesn't matter what your religious preference might be. I'm telling you what, it, just seeing nature and realizing there is definitely a God out there that creates something blows my mind. And that's how I am today. I'm just sitting here looking at this, thinking about the human body, thinking about the the ecosystem, you know, thinking about everything that we we see, our cars, the the Walmart chain, you know, I mean everything I look at, Apple computer. There's such an integrated system that makes that happen. A a thought, a a an idea morphs into something gigantic, one person usually. And then with the system in place, we go from there. We're in Orrin Woodward's book, Resolve, 13 Resolutions for Life, Chapter 11. We're in the 11th resolution. I resolve to develop systems thinking. Now, if you go to church a lot, you you hear about all the programs that we're going to have. It's not about programs. It's about systems. But the, here's something that I want you to take home, and, and Orrin doesn't really cover this, but we're not about a system of the month club. This isn't about, we'll try this system, and if it doesn't work today, we'll move on. This is about leveraging the power of a system. Who would have thought that two little brothers sitting on the beaches in California selling milkshakes and hamburgers through a a milkshake distributor, machine manufacturing distributor, actually, Ray Kroc, would create the world's largest fast food chain. I mean, it's systems that are that are put together. Who would have thought a pharmacist using a little bit of cocaine in a little bit of carbonated water and a little bit of syrup could make Coca-Cola? One thought, one idea... And a massive distribution system, the rest is history. Who would have thought that a guy would come up with an idea called Venco, I don't even think they're around anymore, and create the pop machine where you could put a nickel in and pull out a bottle of that stuff? Systems are the key to everything that we do. The Marine Corps, we had systems in place. When I was in grade school, we had the system in place. When the alarm went off, that meant we were going to simulate the Russians were attacking, and we'd go into the basement like that would do us any good. Funny how some systems have to get changed. That's that PDCA that Orrin talks about all the time. Today, systems. Orrin starts out, I know that viewing life as interconnected patterns rather than isolated events improve my leverage. That's huge. Interrelated events. Orn says systems are everywhere. Indeed, both nature and organizations operate with innumerable systems. Nature is filled with the ecosystems involving air, water, plants, animals, and more. Everything is there. Organizational systems consist of people, structures, and processes that interact and produce results. Everything we do. You know, I'm I'm in Florida. We have a system. We have a system of getting our water 
to sea level. See, I live in the northern part, up in the panhandle. We sat on top of what's called the Floridian Aqueduct. And and just a few miles away, right here on the island, we're like within eight feet of salt water and fresh water. Limestone keeping the two apart. As you move further south, you actually come to the bottom of the Floridian Aqueduct and you go into the Everglades where a few years ago through a process of systems they were able to pile enough sand in there to to actually start building homes. Now, through the ecosystem and a bunch of hurricanes, pythons have gotten loose in the Everglades and now there's tens of thousands of pythons eating up white-tailed deer, rabbits, all kinds of little grass, you know, things like that. The ecosystems change back and forth. But everything evolves around a system. We here in Florida know that if we go a few miles up the hill, so to speak, 20 or 30 miles upwards to where we're about 10 or 15 feet above sea level, that we can pump the water out of the Floridian aqueduct and flow it through a series of pipes down here to the island. Through systems, we've also learned that we can take our sewage and pump it through sewage stations over to the to the plant where they can process it out and make it gray water and put it back into the ground. Systems are everywhere. Through a systematic process, you probably asked your wife or your husband to marry you, decided how and when you were going to have your kids, Decided where you would live, where you would work, etc., etc. See how systems play a true part in everything that we do. Peter Singe, I think that's how you pronounce his name, in the fifth dis, uh, discipline wrote this. Systems thinking is a, dis, uh, a discipline for seeing holes. It is a framework for seeing interrelationships rather than things for seeing patterns of change rather than static snapshots. There's always a pattern. This is one of the things that when you look at at evolution sometimes, and I'm not going to dig deep into macro or microevolution. I just want to keep this straight up for a second. Some people, they will they will talk about evolution, and when you ask them, can you show me the process? Show me the system of change. That's where they get freaked out. That's where it doesn't work because you don't, you can't find a, a fish that grew one leg or a, a bird that all of a sudden just had one wing and an arm. And I know this sounds a little abstract, but, but this is where Aristotle's first principles come into play for logic and conclusion. See, when you when you have a system that works, when you can see the process of the system, things move forward. Network marketing is a system. Let me explain this as a whole Before the 1970s, there were not really any laws governing the direct selling industry as a whole. During a a series of events and several lawsuits that went clear up to Congress, laws were established. The Amway law was put into place. All of a sudden, there were rules. Systems that must be played through. 
today through our lobbying effects, 33 countries, 33 countries, listen to me, 33 states, if we include Kentucky when their law is passed, will have specific rules on the books governing the protection of direct independent consultants, no matter if they're in network marketing or, or somewhere else. If you're an independent consultant, you'll literally be protected by law. It's through a matter of systems, whether we look at the legal system, the ecosystem, relationship systems, doesn't matter. And that's what Orrin's getting at in here. Systems play a part. There's different parts to the system in which we've got to look at, in which we've got to think about. Orrin uses a story that I think really really shows this. He says, once upon a time, there lived six blind men in a village. One day, the villagers told him, hey, there's an elephant in the village today. Since the blind men had no idea what an elephant was, they decided, even though we're not able to see it, let's go and feel it anyway. All of them were guided to the elephant, and each one of them touched the elephant. Hey, the elephant is a pillar, said the first man who touched his leg. Oh, no, it's like a rope, said the second one who touched the tail. Oh, no, it's like a thick branch of a tree, said the third who touched the trunk of the elephant. It's like a big hand fan, said the fourth who touched the ear of an elephant. No, it's like a big wall, said the fifth man who touched the belly of the elephant. No, it seems more like a solid pipe, said the sixth one who touched the tusk of the elephant. All of a sudden, all six blind men started arguing about the elephant that they could not all see. Every one of them insisted that he was right in what he saw the elephant as. Now remember, they're doing this through a blind eye. It looked as if they were getting agitated, each blind man wondering how the others could be so stupid, each believing he had the truth since he felt it in his own hands. Just starting to get familiar to you guys? A wise man passing by saw this. He stopped and asked them, what is the matter? They all said, we cannot agree on what the elephant is like. And each one of them told what he thought the elephant was. The wise man calmly listened and explained, all of you are right and all of you are wrong. The reason that each of you is telling it differently is because each of you touched a different part of the elephant. Each of you has a particular truth. The elephant has all the features that each of you describe, but isn't fully what you described unless you combined all of your answers. Wow, see how conflict resolution was the, the chapter before this one? How many times have we got into conflict? Because we each see a truth, but until we combine the truth, it's not a whole. See, this is this is this is some deep stuff that we're looking at. How many times have have you created something for your team? You, you've looked at a marketing campaign for your business. Matter of fact, some of us listen to our wives and shake our head. But it's because we're not fully getting the whole picture. See, for the systems to work, each part must work to fulfill the whole. That's the key. We've got to learn to see the systems. 
See, the role of a leader in this case is to orchestrate that every part of the system works. Have you ever seen people that mountain climb or or or, or free free climb? That's even that's even harder to do. Even though they're doing it individually, they work with a leader. There's somebody that's guiding and leading the way, focusing on where they're going. If that one person stops, nobody else can climb because that person's leading the way. The whole system is stopped. Depending on the system, people can get tired. People can fall apart. People can fall and die. At the same time, if the leader moves too fast, people cannot follow where they're going. Hello. This is important. Warren writes this. In the same way, all organizations require personal and team responsibilities in order to achieve their goals. The ropes are a visual representation of the interconnectedness of each climber, magnifying the need for teamwork within the system for everyone. I challenge you to go rent the movie, I think Charlie Sheen plays in it, called Navy Seals. Because this one movie is the, I mean, it it just shares this chapter beautifully. The SEALs are trained to work at a team, but Charlie Sheen and his, well, it's just him being him, decides to work separately, and some of the people are killed on his team. See, this is what happens when we try to let our ego get out of whack, or we try to take over a leadership position and we're not ready. Many times especially in direct selling. Because of the way compensation plans are structured, sometimes people will get a rank advancement, but they're not ready for it in their leadership development stage. Sadly, sometimes we are all put into positions and we let our own press go to our head. I've been there, done that. To show you article after article written about some of the successes that I've had when I was young, and how I believed everything that was written on that stupid piece of paper. We all learn from our mistakes. See, what we have to do is we've got to systematically move forward as a team. We've got to solve the challenges that come our way. And when we do this, all of a sudden, we're able to make the system work. Orrin shares another story. This comes from Stephen Covey's book. He says that, a young man decided he wanted to go fishing, just wanted to relax for the day. And just just a few minutes after getting there, he sees a young man flailing his arms in the middle of the river, river screaming for help. The fisherman lays down his fishing pole, jumps in, gets the small child out, gets him taken care of. He's okay. He's just a little shaken. Off he goes. fisherman starts fishing again. And about 15 minutes later, here comes a young girl in the middle of the river. Help! I can't swim. Young fisherman puts down his rod, probably frustrated by now, jumps in the water, grabs the little girl, but in the mind, in his mind, he's saying, how in the world can this happen? Just the, just the mathematical odds of two children in the middle of the river, this doesn't make any sense. About 15 minutes later, another child, middle of the river, help, please help. Now he's, he knows. He knows there's something wrong with this picture. The system there's something messed up. Something is causing this. These are not just isolated events. They're connected somewhere. So he starts asking questions, no longer believing that the kids needed rescue just out of fluke. 
interesting. The fisherman, in an effort to solve the cause, starts to trim off the leaves from the tree, starts walking up the trail, walking up the river to find out what is the situation. What did he find? A bully doing what bullies do, tossing kids into the river if they didn't give them their lunch money. Now that he knew what the issue was, he knew where the system was flawed, he took back over and fixed the system, grabbed the bully by the ear, stuck him in front of the principal, told him what was going on, and then he was able to go back and finish a wonderful afternoon of fishing. Now, here's what we have to do. When we see the system isn't working, we have to go and find the root cause of why the system isn't working. We fix it, and then we start to progress again. This is where building business systems are important. But you don't build the system out of ego. And this is a tough one for most people. I've been in many companies. Matter of fact, many years ago when Zango was first starting, I always laughed because every month a brand new system would come out. And my upline would say, oh, we're moving to this system. Oh, we're moving to this system. Oh, we're moving to this system. We moved to so many different systems, I said, I'm done. I don't need this crap. I can go create my own system if we're going to be doing this. You guys are making more money off systems than you are selling juice. I was I was frustrated. Since then, Zango has corrected that. The new business opportunity rules from the FTC will correct some more of that. But here's the deal. When a system is built, and it's designed through systematic processes, when there's an end game in mind, in most cases it's to take care of the customer. Now you've got something to work on. Michael Gerber in Emith wrote this, it is literally impossible to produce a consistent result in business that is created around the need for extraordinary people. You will be forced to ask the difficult questions about how to produce a result without extraordinary ones. This is what's wrong with the majority of deals that are cut or compensation plans that are created for top producers. No matter what industry, no matter what sector, no matter anything in life, only a few will put it everything they have to to rise to the top. We see this in football, baseball, basketball, hockey, doctors, attorneys, CPAs. We see this in husbands and wives. We see it in preachers. We see it in speakers. We see it in politicians. I mean, the list can go on and on. In network marketing, it's the same way. And if a business is created to reward top producers, it will fail. Gerber goes on. He says, you you will be forced to find a system that leverages ordinary people to the point where they can produce extraordinary results to find innovative solutions to the people problems that have plagued business owners since the beginning of time. To build a business that works, you will be forced to do the work of business development, not as a replacement for people development, but as a necessity to make it work. It all works together. See, a leader should be in the business of business development. 
his people or her people should be down there in the in or vice versa, excuse me. The leader should be in the people development business and the people should be in the business development. See, if you're building up people, if you're making people better than what they were, if you're stretching them beyond their means to become better like the Marine Corps did to me, then we'll take care of the business. Your average ordinary people will take care of the business. And you may be saying, Troy, you're so full of crap. Well, here, let me give you an example, Herbalife, prime example in the weight loss industry. Primerica Financial Services in the insurance and securities business. Prepaid legal in the legal business. Keller Williams in the real estate business. Mary Kay in the cosmetic business. I'm just going to use network marketing companies as I move along here. Fuller Brush, Shackley, Arbonne. These are the companies that understood they were in the people business and their people were in the business development business. And they created systems for the average ordinary person. Art Williams would get on stage and he would say, I did not build this business for the good-looking Sexy, smart, intelligent people. I built this business for people just like me. Average and ordinary who want to be somebody. Who want to grow something. Who want to change the world. And 35 years later, they're the largest financial service organization in North America. One man who when his dad died left his mom with just a few pennies, and she had to go back to work. Art had to come home and help raise the kids. He was on a mission. Mark Hughes, founder of Herbalife's mom, died taking diuretics. And he went on a mission. Decided he was going to change the world. Founder of prepaid legal got in a car wreck, got sued when it wasn't his fault. One man decided to change the world and make legal services affordable for the average American person. The question you've got to ask yourself is, what are you going to do as an average, ordinary person to be somebody? Are you going to stop making excuses, trying to jump to the next greatest thing? Stop blaming your spouse. Stop blaming your kids. Stop blaming the economy. And start saying, I'm going to find the system, and I'm going to dig in, and I'm going to make it work, and I'm going to be somebody. If that just means an extra 300 bucks a month. We're talking about changing lives, your life, and then taking it to the next level. See, the only way that a business will survive is if their people are developing new business by satisfying the customers. Well, guess what? The distributors are the customers, along with the, the end users, without a doubt here. But listen to me. Home business, all in itself, I don't care if it's direct selling. I don't care if you're making uh, woodworking projects. I don't care if you're doing scrapbooking. If you're in business for yourself, here's exactly what you are in. A personal development business with a compensation plan. Because I don't know one person that's an entrepreneur that doesn't go through personal development 
that get stretched to become better than what they were, both in their in their talents and in their psyche. This is huge. Orn writes this, for people to duplicate, leaders must orchestrate the best practices through culture, recognition, and rewards. He says, duplication is the goal for the best systematic process to be used across all similar operations, reducing learning curves and increasing output. I believe in that 100%, but listen, don't get caught up in the myth of duplication and direct selling. You are not trying to duplicate the personality of the leader. Last thing I would want is a bunch of little bitty Chris Brady's running around cutting up on stage all the time. I want a bunch of individual people being themselves. Use the system, but focus it on your personality. And if you're a leader that's created a system, listen to me a second. Don't get caught up in the system just in the processes that worked for you. If what worked for you is going door to door and that's all you produce for your people, you're going to lose. You better have a system that also includes some direct selling, some direct mail outs, some some internet marketing, some CD drops, some magazine. You want to make sure that the system covers everything in the in the process of delivery, but that the message stays the same, and that's to take care of those customers. Orrin Woodward and Chris Brady's new company, Life, is actually a prime example of this because they have eight spokes. And they cover every spoke. So depending on where a person's they're in their life, whether they need to work on their faith, their family, their fun, their fitness, their finances, I forget all the rest of them. I mean, these guys are rocking this thing out. They're there. They're still building this out. They're only about 90 days old. So they're putting in some some new electronic processes. They're doing all they, – they understand they got to do this. Most companies do. Vima is probably one of the, the best at this. Yoli is phenomenal at this. Limu at the Limu Nation is doing this. Companies that are on the cutting edge in marketing understand this. Apple is the king at being able to create this and make it work. But to make it work, you've got to have the scoreboard. You have to, you've got to have the PDCA. You've got to constantly be looking, constantly changing, constantly be tweaking. You've got to stay up on top of what is working. Creating change on a world-sized scale requires leadership and leverage. And don't you dare let anybody tell you that you can't change the world because you can. January 10th, 49 B.C., Orrin writes, Julius Caesar crossed the Rubicon River into Rome, igniting a civil war that led to the birth of the world's greatest Ancient civilization. October 12, 1492, the Spanish explorer Christopher Columbus, weary from months at sea, finally dropped anger at San Salvador, and Europe takes its first steps into the new world. Amazing. On September 11, 2011, on a calm Tuesday morning, as I was drinking coffee downstairs talking to my customer service crew, a series of terrorist attacks on the World Trade Centers changed the world for my kids and for your kids. 
It just takes one person or one small group of people to change the world to a positive or a negative. You and your team can change the world if you will focus. You and your husband can change the world. But you've got to say, I'm ready to do it. That's the key. Man, I love this book. I love the thought that it just, I've written so much in my journal. Tomorrow, I resolve to develop an adversity quotient. In other words, you got to decide never, never to give up on your purpose, on your dreams, on your passions. That's the key. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow morning with me on RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye now.